The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, what can I say? They should have said with the weekend winding up because this is the weekend for the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. Hopefully joining us will be John Asher, the Vice President of Communications at Churchill Downs. Uh, Of course, uh, John, probably one of the busiest guys in horse racing right now. I'm trying to track him down. I hope I can get him. He's been on the show before. Uh, The guy's got the best pipes uh, in the business. Of course, he uh, cut his teeth as a radio journalist at WHAS and WAVE in Louisville. Uh, he's earned five Eclipse Awards for outstanding national radio coverage of thoroughbred racing. So uh, a very, very busy man, and I really hope he's able to find the time to spend with us. And then we're going to the mount at the Daily Racing Forum. Jan Illman, the handicapping editor and host of the Daily Forum News Desk. Uh, you know, he's been around for quite a few years now, started in 1998, I hope that you uh, tune in and see him uh, with Matt Bernier uh, when they do their day-long handicapping video segments on uh, DRF Live. So Dan Illman's going to be with us. We're going to break down uh, the uh, Kentucky Oaks, but we'll probably try to see if we can't get you a, uh, a daily double bet. We'll also do the, the race previous to that, the grade three eight bells at seven furlongs. We'll do the same for Saturday. And we'll look at the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic just before we break down the 141st running of the Kentucky Derby. Well, let's take a look at the field, and then we'll talk about some of the things that are that are happening with them. But before we get to that, just want to let you know we got a free contest going on here at Winning Ponies, and uh, all you got to do is, is log on with us. Um, so we can take a shot at $300 cash. Uh, we've got uh, a Kentucky Derby handicapping challenge, and there's no cost for entry. We're going to give 25 points for the correct winner, 20 points for the uh, finisher, 15 for uh, the show finisher, and 10 for fourth. Final time will be the tiebreaker. The prizes, first place, $300 cold cash. Second place, 100 winning credits. Third, 75 winning credits. Fourth, 50 winning credits. And you can use those to get your winning ponies easy win forms. Uh, fifth and sixth, they're going to get a winning ponies T-shirt. And the closest final time, no matter what, win or lose, you're going to get a nice winning ponies ball cap. And uh, don't forget that we do now have the Derby and Oaks easy win forms now available. So uh, you can get on that to help you handicap for the prize that we're offering up, of course, 300 cash is the top prize. So uh, 
you know, we, we wish you best of luck, but uh, log on and make sure that you get uh, the uh, easy win forms to help you along the way. And let's take a look at uh, some quick news that came out today that's going to affect uh, the, uh, the race. It looks like Stanford is scratching from the Derby, and that means Fermento gets in. Uh, Mike Battaglia has put him at 50-1. to 1. Now, he will just move in from the outside, so every horse moves in one, which creates perhaps a dilemma? I don't know, because American Pharaoh will now move into post 17. In the last 140 runnings of the Kentucky Derby, no horse has won from post 17. So we'll see if highly regarded American Pharaoh can turn the tables on that. And don't forget, uh, with those easy win forms, uh, you can go back and take a look at some of the results that, uh, that we've had uh, this last week uh, across the country, closing out the Keeneland meet with a $1 Super 5 key that paid $6,943. Go down to some warm weather at Tampa Bay Downs. We had another dollar Super 5 that paid over $5,000. And at the new surface on the Big A, a $1 Super paid $9,600. $98. So there's no reason for you not to download those easy win forms. And so again, uh, American Pharaoh moves inside to the 17 hole. We did have a little bit of a change. The uh, Dortmund, you know, during this time of year, they not only work the horses out in the morning, but they school them in the paddock over at Churchill Downs. And uh, Dortmund kind of acted up a little bit over in the saddling area, and they took him into the tunnel to uh, saddle him, and they've made the decision that he's going to be saddled on the paddock path. Uh, I guess those uh, stalls, as spacious as I believe they are, um, kind of felt like he was in close confines, uh, but he was relatively calm once they, once they got him out because uh, he's going to be pretty much splitting favoritism duties with his stablemate, American Pharaoh. So... Uh, Anyhow, Dortmund, if you're looking for him on TV, he will not be in a stall. He'll be just outside of his stall. Also, another big race this week we're looking forward to. Palace Malice looks like he's out of the Westchester with a bruise. Um, and so he is going to be sidelined. Not too much. They said the bruise was discovered in his right front foot. Um, the son of Curlin, he's now owned by Dogwood and Three Chimneys Farm. That was going to be his debut. They said he was just off a little bit when he came out of his stall. X-rays, uh, they found just a foot bruise. Uh, he couldn't train, but if, if he's going to miss three days of training, there's no sense of going in the Westchester against such a talented horse as Belmont winner Tonalist. So uh, they will pass. They said they're probably point for the Met Mile. That's the uh, June 6th race at Belmont Stakes. That was going to be their second step after this race. Anyhow, of course, Palace Malice, glad they kept him back in training. Winner of six graded stakes races and is Curlin's top earner with current earnings of $2.6 million. And it looks like we got a uh, caller from Palm Springs uh, that called in with us. His name is Andrew. Michael, is Andrew still on the line? We want to talk to him. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Andrew. What can I do for you? Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the the Derby and uh, the Philly race tomorrow. And I don't think American Pharaoh is going to, uh, you know, going from the 18 to the 17, considering 18 posts, they'd only had one win in the last, I don't know, X amount of years. So he's uh, his most important uh, difficulty, I think, is going to be 
Mr. Z right next to him, his erraticness, you know? Likes to, well, likes I, to bear it out. I'm throwing out Mr. Z. He just runs too erratic, and uh, as erratic as he runs in in this big field, uh, you know, he he's still eligible for nine winners at two. You know, as American Greer, yeah. I, I watched him train this week, and I've got to tell you, I, I watched that word that bullet workout that he had on Sunday, and when Martin Garcia pressed the button, I mean, he accelerated like. No horse I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, the clocker at Churchill said that it, it was the fastest move he'd seen in 35 years. And he didn't just mean the time that they, he recorded, but the way he did it. This horse just floats over the ground. Who is it that you like? Yeah, yeah, I read that same. I've been all over the blogs and stuff like that. That's certainly impressive. But we all know that if Mr. Z breaks whatever it is, outward or inward, it could certainly be uh, at, at American Pharaoh's peril. I, I like the Dubai horse. Um, a lot of people think he's a wise guy horse, you know, but I think he's legit. Yeah, the cog doesn't come. I look at him like Whittingham in 86 with Shu and Ferdinand in a very real sense, you know. I'm not coming over unless I get a decent shot. And you got to remember also those Dubai races, they, the teletimer starts as soon as the gates open. There's no run-up, so... You know, a lot of people are going to be misled by those slow fractions. I think he's got enough pace to stand uh, in like a second flight. And uh, we all know he can take dirt in the face, right? Well, did you get a chance to look at the last race of, and I'm going to ruin his name, but Mutahij? Did, did, you, did you actually see that race at the UAE Derby? I did. I've seen all four of his races. He came back on Math Tool in that little seven furlong race, which they ran, I think, within uh, a tick or two of the track record. <clears throat> and two steps past the wire, you know, he was he was past Math Tool, and uh, he, he's definitely an impressive horse for me. Well, yeah, what, what I mean, the, the last race, and and something that our listeners need to know is. Uh, that they've got to look at the distances, is that uh, Move Tahij has run successfully by eight lengths in a victory longer than any of the horses from North America. Now, I read some Andy Byer things and a few other guys that are saying, yeah, he did, but, uh, you know, we're just not sure about his, his, his times in those races. But if you look at the way that he won the UAE Derby, he was pretty much almost – I won't say pinned, but he was tucked inside for the better part of that race. And when he finally got a little space between him and the second flight, uh, when uh, Sumayan all of a sudden cracked him just once, I mean, he took off. And I was really shocked to see that Mike made this horse 20 to 1 since he's been kind of a buzz horse, quite frankly. And, uh, God, I, all I, I put a blog out today, and all I can say is if this horse stays at 20 to 1, he might not be my key horse. He'll be in all my exotics, but he will certainly be my flat saver. Absolutely, yeah. I, I look at it as a gift. God bless Mike Battaglia. Um, <laughs> he's one of my. He's one of my. <laughs> he's one of my uh, key horses. I think he's got uh, foundation. And we all know his sire. Got, you know, heaven forbid. You know, he he was an ill-fated sire because of that grass uh, uh, illness that uh, took his life, but. Look who he sired, you know? I mean, and when he won the uh, Dubai World Cup in 2000, that was like the only World Cup that was below a, a 159 clocking, right? So he's definitely got the stamina. He's definitely got the breeding, got the best dosage in the CD of all of them. I've been all over those sites and stuff. So, you know, 
You pay your money and you take your chances, right? All right. Well, listen, as long as we got your, your input on, on the boys' version, Andrew, uh, tell us uh, who, who you like uh, uh, coming into the Oaks. Well, I, once again, God bless Mike Battaglia. I, I really like Condo Commando. You know, it's kind of like a, uh, a no-brainer pick in a very real sense. He's the only horse that's run the distance. I think some of the other horses are going to have a little bit of difficulty. Um, well, she's run the distance twice. I don't know if any other ones have run the distance once. But um, catch me if you can. I don't know how long you've been in the business, but uh, I've been playing the ponies out here in California since the early 80s. You remember a horse called Track Robbery? Yes, I do. As a matter of fact, I photographed her. Did you really? You remember how Pat used to run her? <laughs> That was one solid horse. I saw it win down at Keeneland. Yeah, yeah, well, if you remember, like in those mile, the 16th mile, eight races like at Holly Park and Santa Anita, he, you know, Pat was a great, a great gate rider, and uh, he just popped the gate, and, you know, he put 10, 12 lengths on him going down the backstretch, and then uh, he'd give her a breather, let the, uh, the field come to him, and we're talking grade one, grade two races, right? Uh, yeah. And he'd let him come run to her, and then he'd give her a breather, and then he'd let her go again, and she'd win by four or five, you know. I think if Condo Commando breaks, um, you know, makes the break, I think that uh, it's going to be a tough time for the other the other ones to catch her, you know. Well, we are going to find out here in about uh, under 24 hours. Andrew from Palm Springs, I want to thank right. you very much for chiming in with us here on Winning Ponies. And stay tuned because we've got some good guests coming up that I think are going to give you even more insight. Yeah, I got you on mute. And I'll hang up and I'll turn everything else back on. So much. Good luck to everybody All right. and safe trip. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies. Uh, right now, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and we come back. We're going to talk to the busiest man in horse racing, and his name is John Asher. <laughs> School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. 
Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and I feel very blessed to have our next guest, John Asher, the Vice President of Communications at Churchill Downs. He's been a journalist and a publicist for, let's just say, more than 20 years. We won't (laughs) date him, but uh, like I said earlier on the show, uh, he's earned five Eclipse Awards for his outstanding national radio coverage, Uh, probably has one of the hardest jobs in racing at least for the last two weeks and probably the next 72 hours. And with no further ado, I want to bring on the, the man that puts it all together, John Asher. John, are you awake? Are you breathing? Are you okay? Are you collapsed? How are you doing? I'm here. We're just hitting full stride, you know. The, the big day The big day's just about here, the first of two big days. So, yeah, it's uh, been, been a great uh, a great run-up to the race. I think it's been a terrific week this week. And, Got past the, the post draw last night and heading the races tomorrow. And by the way, I don't mind dating myself. This is my 34th Kentucky Derby, either as a wow. reporter or, or a member of this team. My first one is was uh, Gato del Sol back in back in 1982, and have had good fortune to be be here for all of them since then. So it's uh, it's terrific. And as you know, Johnny, you've been here. There's nothing like it. Well, yes, yes, I have. And, you know, I I love being there. You know, on on the back stretch, uh, it's, it's such a great fraternity of people and as you i know have seen we've lost so many turf writers and i don't mean to the grave i mean to the sports editors that have decided that uh racing's not as important as it once was luckily down in louisville uh you still got jenny reese but you've assembled a pretty good team to give you a hand when i look back there and see guys like uh uh, gary west and bob fortis uh just kind of describe to uh, our listeners uh, you're kind of the uh the coach of the team and, and how, how you assemble your uh, your fullbacks and your wide receivers to help you garner all this information. Yeah, I got to say, my partner uh, Darren Rogers plays a massive role in that too. Darren does a great job. He's our his official title is senior uh, director of publicity. We just call him Statman here. So, but uh, he's uh, <laughs> Darren. Darren's terrific in his job. And then a lot of the guys that are members of our notes team, the men and women who are members of our notes team, have been coming for years. Uh, we've we've got some some members of that team. That uh, you know, we're talking we're talking decades. So you got experience, you've got a, a, a thorough knowledge of not only the industry, but a thorough knowledge of, uh, of the Derby and the inner workings of Churchill Downs. And you don't really have to with with, with, with most of these veterans, you just don't have to, to to say too much to them. You say you want you know go get Steve Asterson. They come back with quotes from Steve Asterson. It's a great team. Uh, they're super active on Derby Day and Oaks Day, where you don't just cover the two big races. You're covering all the races, and we've got five stakes races tomorrow. We've got seven of them on Kentucky Derby Day, and and uh, you know each one would be a major feature any other time of the year. They're, they're, they're just tremendous field of races, but uh, of course everything comes to the Derby, and that's what that's what people are interested in. And and, and uh, you know thank thank goodness it continues to grow. We've had the three largest crowds in the history of the race in the last four years. We've spent about 180 million dollars on the racetrack since 2001. It's been the period of most substantial and a striking change in the in the history of this national historic landmark since it uh, since it opened back in 1875. Never been a period of growth quite like this, and it's led to so many things. But it's led to the growth of the Derby and Oaks. And, and uh, back in the hundredth Derby in 1974. 
We had 163,000 people here. We didn't have a grass course that left a lot more acreage in the infield. And, and most people said, you'll never, you know, this is a hundred derby. You'll never, you'll never break this record. And now here we are, uh, those years later and, uh, uh Three crowds in excess of 164,000 in the last four years, and Derby seems to be hitting its stride. So we're uh, we're thankful for that after 141 years. Well, and you continue to give it a new look. Um, you know, I, I stood there when on a non-racing day and just kind of looked around from the winter circle and saw the new area that that you've uh, you know taken care taking care of the owners for the owners and just, yeah. uh, some of the infield structures look a little bit different. Is that me not remembering, or is that a fact? No, it has changed a good deal, and, and and I think we've touched now with, with with this year with the the new Winter Circle Suites for the owners. There are twenty suites down there for the twenty horses in the Derby. They're along the home stretch on uh, kind of one and a half floors along the home stretch near the finish line. Uh, each of them accommodates up to eighteen people, and there's full food and beverage, and there's a, a a large area in back of that where you go back and get the food and beverage. We even have robot bartenders back there for them. My brother, so it's. Uh, <laughs> I got to get uh, me one of those. Uh, I'm anxious to see one work. I haven't seen. I haven't seen one in action yet. But robot bartenders. So, uh, but uh, yeah, but we we've really touched every level of the patron here on Kentucky Derby and Oaks days with those with the growth of the last few years. Last year, I really thought we touched more people that had never been touched by the improvements than we ever had before, because uh, we for one thing we we updated a new section of the uh, of the grandstand and upper stretch, really a part of the racetrack that had not been substantially touched since it was finished in 1953. And we we uh, created a new large open gathering area there and, and so about 2,400 new seats that, that, for my money, if I had to pick a seat for the Kentucky Derby, it would be at uh, one of those chair uh, stadium chair-type seats on the uh, up there right by the starting gate. It's a great place to watch the race. You get to see the horses come out of that critical spot, and then they come back around. You've got a good view of them from the half-mile pole where the real running starts uh, over to the head of the stretch, and you just see where the race starts and, and then where it's won, and then the rest of it you can watch on our big board, 15,200 124 square feet of uh, of, uh, of the latest video technology, and uh, that 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 is really that's probably been in just in terms of fan experience and thinking about the infield where we can put as many as 70,000 people. We've never had that many in there because we've never sold out uh, our general admission on Derby Day. But um, the, that infield crowd, one of the most uh, common complaints, or not really a complaint, but a remark you'd hear from people in years past is when they came out of the infield and you know being out there with about 60,000 of their closest friends, they'd say, you know, I went to the Derby, I had a heck of a time, but I never saw a horse. And uh, now you see one, and he's 90 feet tall. It's a, it's a, it's a huge, uh, very impressive piece of technology. And it was fun to watch the infield change last year because uh, one, I don't know if you've seen it in your times down here, John, but gates open at 8 a.m. on Oaks and Derby Day. And there are people waiting at the gates, and then they rush uh, at the general admission gates. Uh, they rush into the track, run through the tunnel to the infield, and they claim a spot ar- along a fence where you can see a horse those days, where you can see the races, or at least a portion of the races. But last year we saw a, a change in the nature of that celebration. We saw on the on the, the first turn, heading into the backstretch, 
and coming out of the backstretch to the second turn, we found it was kind of light in the corners there. What was happening was people had gone out and they were sitting in front of the big board, kind of like it was a drive-in movie. You know, imagine the board and, <laughs> and people kind of you know kind of fanning out like they would at a drive-in movie, and the, and the corners where you couldn't see the big board were a little light. So um, so that, and, you know that was welcome. And then you know, a couple of years before that, we opened a, a facility called the Mansion, which is a, you know, a super. Uh, uh, a super high service ticket. Uh, only um, uh, really a small number of people, about 320 people, are uh, get to go in there, and it's a it's a big ticket, but the highest level of, of customer service you could possibly have. And so we really we really touched all areas, and uh, and I think it's not only significantly enhanced the Derby and Oaks experience, it has uh, truly moved the everyday experience forward. And you know we face a lot of competition from other uh, other other gaming, other entertainment. Uh, that you can you can sit in your living room and have a great time. You never have to leave your house to have a great time. But uh, um, again, nearly 180 million dollars in spending has has, uh, has changed the experience, changed the facility, and uh, we're working hard now, as we have been for years, to try and uh, you know boost the purses and keep the racing up there. But uh, the Derby's the Derby, and that weekend is great. And, uh, and again, it's right here, and we can't wait to get rolling. Well, John, so much uh, for the facility. It looks like I got about four minutes to, okay. to reach out to you. You've had ambassadors all over the world making the statement that this is the deepest and most talented derby field they can remember. What a group of horses are going to go in the gate on Saturday. I agree with you. And uh, the best group I've seen in my 34 years here, for, for my money, would be the 2007 group, Street Sense, uh, Hard Spun. Uh, uh, the two-time horse of the year, Curlin, uh, any given Saturday. I mean, that was a deep group of horses. I've seen good collections of horses, but I thought that was the best. But, uh, you know, this one on paper and, and, and plus to the eyeball. I mean, if you, you look at these horses, you can go about eight deep, I think, and, and make strong cases for these horses uh, to, to, to win if the situations go their way. You know, maybe three or four in the middle. It might be long shot contenders that could run big and hit the board and maybe in an unusual situation win. But it's re- the, the, those eight are really deep and accomplished. And Mike Battaglia, our friend Mike Battaglia, who does the morning line at Churchill, he came over with a great stat last night on the first top four horses in the morning line, and that's American Pharaoh, uh, Dortmund, Carpe Diem, and the unbeaten materiality, the winner of the Florida Derby. 20 starts lifetime for these horses. 18 wins, one runner-up finish, and the only off-the-board finish was by American Pharaoh in his debut in a maiden race where apparently didn't care for blinkers. Bob Bob Baffert took him off, and he's not lost since then. So just think of that consistency, and they've run fast, and they seem to be improving. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do on the track on Saturday. Well, I, I, I did see that stat. Now, I did see my own stat just yes. hours ago with the, uh, <clears throat> with the scratch yeah. and Fermento moving into the field, which now bumps American Pharaoh into post position 17 that in 140 years has never, never won, won the Kentucky Derby. Exactly. Uh, that, that makes the story even more fascinating. It's the only post position that's never won one. But it's in the outside gate, and I think Bob Baffert is very, very happy with it. And, uh, in fact, he told me the other night after the, after the post draw, he just said, uh, you know, if, if you'd give me 20, like Big Brown did back in 2008, when you know his connections just said, yeah, give me 20, we don't care. I think Baffert feels that way with this horse. He feels he's going to be able to overcome things. He's going to be up there with good speed to be close. But that does add a fascinating uh, little, little, uh, little, little tweak to the Derby picture that he bumped down to 17, and uh, we're the, the only offer in 140 years of Derby history. 
Well, he, he may well make, make history. Of course, uh, a lot to be said about his uh, striking stable mate, the uh, undefeated Dortmund. Yep. Um, we, I spoke earlier in the show that he seemed a little anxious about uh, being in a uh, the saddling uh, box, so they're going to saddle him outside. But yep. all I can say is you're going to be so blessed this weekend. I'm looking at the weather report. I'm in the weather report. You're going to have fantastic weather, and odds are I've only got 30 seconds left. But, yeah. John, we, we may be seeing a, a new record for attendance at Churchill Downs. Wouldn't be shocked. Again, we were at 165,000 last year, second largest ever. Again, the, the, the tickets have sold more more quickly this year than before. The seats are long gone, and we'll see what happens with a beautiful day and the, and the walk-up with the, with the general admission. But, uh, you know, wouldn't, I'm not going to make any predictions, but I wouldn't be stunned by any number this weekend. Well, I'm stunned by the fact that you were able to give me 15 minutes of your time and the uh, busiest two days of your life, John. I want to thank you so much, and I want to welcome you up to my track for a breather when uh, all your hard work is over. I want to get there. Didn't get there last year. Can't wait to get there, and it's always a great pleasure to see you, my friend. So so, uh, happy derby to you, and I'll see you sometime after the first Saturday in May. All right. Take care. We've been listening to John Asher, the main man in communications down at Churchill Downs, and there's plenty to communicate, and there's plenty to handicap, and that's why we brought in what I believe is one of the top handicappers in the country. He's smooth as silk. His name is Dan Illman. You get to watch him every weekend on DRF Live with his partner, Matt Bernier. So we're going to take a little bit of a break. We come back. We're going to break it down with Dan Illman. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of the men I respect so much in the sport of Kings, Dan Illman, who is the Daily Racing Forum's handicapping editor. Uh, he is the host of the Daily Racing Forum News Desk, and as you know, I've been touting this for, for months on here. You need to go up to DRF Live and watch uh, him and Matt Bernier uh, over, over the weekend uh, break down the different races. Uh, sometimes it's a difference of opinion. Sometimes they agree. But either way, it always stimulates your thought before you go ahead and make a wager at the win.
windows. Uh, Dan also uh, a uh, an author. Uh, he uh, authored the book uh, Betting Maidens and Two Year Olds, and he did release a DVD trip handicapping. That was a while ago, but I'm sure you can still get your hands on it, and it's still pertinent today. So enough of my blabber. Dan Elman, how are you doing? You excited for the weekend? You've got to be excited if you're a racing fan. What a derby, John. I mean, this is one of the deepest, most talented fields of three-year-olds we've seen in a very, very long time at Churchill Downs on the first Saturday in May. Well, you're going to have a chance to not only break that down, but to break down the the Oaks, which normally you, you wouldn't be going that in-depth on, on a Friday, and all the really sensational undercard races. I understand your your buddy Matt left you, and he headed out to Louisville. So who are you going to partner up with uh, on DRF Live over the next couple of days? Well, beginning tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern at live.drf.com, I'll be with uh, Eric Wing and Jim Dunleavy and Mike Watchmaker, and we'll have some live look-ins at Churchill Downs from Matt Bernier and the whole crew of DRF correspondents that are at Churchill Downs, uh, and they'll be there to give you all of their insights. They'll be your eyes and ears if you can't be at Churchill Downs to help you with your uh, wagering decisions. And again, we'll be there 10 a.m. for race number one at Churchill, I believe post time's around 10.30 through the Oaks on Friday and then right back at it again Saturday morning 10 o'clock on live.drf.com and we'll take you through the Derby. And, 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 and you do take us through, and, and those guys you named, the majority of I, I know personally or have had on as guests, all have great insights and are excellent handicappers uh, in their own right. And it'll be interesting, too, with your throwouts there uh, to, to Matt, who I know is uh, feet on the ground at at Churchill Downs, but as, as you and John and I have all stated and just about anybody that's had a microphone or uh, a chance to be on television, this is, I don't know, maybe I can go back to, I don't know, the year, I believe it was, Bold Ruler, um, Round Table, uh, <laughs> Damascus. There was one year where all these unbelievable horses that came came out of the Derby, which I pray happens this year, but uh, you know, John pointed out uh, the 2007 field uh, that was very deep, and I have to say that what we're looking at this first Saturday in May is, is at least every bit as deep as the 2007 field. I mean, it's amazing because Dortmund is six for six lifetime. He is the son of a Kentucky Derby winner. He's run gigantic fast races. Uh, he's brilliant. He has a win over the Churchill Downs course. He's trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, he's not only very fast and, and talented, but he's courageous. We saw him battle back to beat Firing Line, I believe, in the Bob Lewis. Uh, and he's the second choice in the race. That pretty much says it all because American Pharaoh, I mean, boy, the way opposing horsemen are talking about American Pharaoh it makes you scared to want to bet against this horse. Well, I got to watch him train this week, and I got to watch that last blowout uh, with Martin Garcia in the saddle, and I, and I was just about at the point where Martin smooched to him for the first time, and it was almost as if there was an invisible starting gate there. I mean, Dan, the explosiveness of his stride when he asked him to go was unbelievable. The horse just disappeared in, in, into the turn. I, I, and I'm sure a lot of other people had no idea he went as fast as he did. And of course, I know you've read the comments of the Churchill Downs clocker that was so impressed, perhaps the fastest horse he's seen in 35 years. And he wasn't alluding just to the final time. It was like, he didn't think the horse was going that fast. He covers so much ground with his huge stride. 
And we saw that push-button acceleration in both races at Oaklawn, where he would open up from two lengths to six in the blink of an eye. And that acceleration could serve him very, very well if he ends up in sort of the California chrome spot on the far turn, where if Victor pushes to him and he goes from a length and a half behind to two in front turning for home, they may have a lot of trouble catching him. Uh, He's brilliant. Uh, And Dortmund, he's a brilliant horse in his own right, but I think he's more of a grinder. He's a horse that we've seen Maybe I wouldn't like to say the word struggle, but maybe not at his best on the turns. And then when he unfurls that big stride in the stretch, he gets going one more time. Uh, American Pharaoh's brilliant. Dortmund is very, very good. You've got Carpe Diem, whose only loss came in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile as the favorite, and he ran second in that race. You've got Materiality, who's undefeated for Todd Pletcher, coming off a giant win in the Florida Derby. Frosted was visually impressive in the Wood Memorial. You've got this UAE Derby winner, who's the X-Factor of X-Factors. He couldn't have won that race any easier. And then you've got horses like International Star, All he does is win. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal betting race. There are stories galore, and and this is the kind of derby that that, that we're looking for. Uh, Just talented horses. We've seen chalk win a lot of these prep races, and I think when you see that, it's because they're very good horses contesting these races. Well, you know, what I've, what I've told people is, is like, hey, John, gee, you're talking about, you know, all the favorites, and I'm saying, yes, but when you have that many favorites, the odds are going to bump up if, you know, if, if for some reason everybody jumps on, you know, uh, Dortmund American Pharaoh, who knows what you might get on Carpe Diem. You know, could get 10 to 1 on them. Um, so with those many favorites, I think it's going to be very favorable to you from an, an odds point of view. Now, I'm putting you on a hot seat, but how are you approaching this race from a betting viewpoint? Do you feel that because so many of these horses legitimately should finish in the top four, uh, that you need to go, uh, let's say, to, to a try or a super and, and then hope that perhaps a, uh, a, a far right or some, uh, somebody that uh, has a firing line that's being a little bit ignored in the odds would, would jump in there and help your price. How are you looking at this from a better's viewpoint? I'm probably going to play it from a, from a multi-race standpoint and, and spread and use several horses, but I'm also going to try to play a try and a super because we know that the payouts can be astronomical uh, in there. You can get a horse like maybe Ten Sender who seems to be improving at the right time, and I thought he was an okay second in the Wood Memorial, and if he somehow cracks the superfecta uh, in there, maybe maybe the, the the payouts will be gigantic. I think Upstart's a very intriguing horse breaking just outside of American Pharaoh. I think that's a dream spot. I know Rick Violet was very, very upset with the post, but now it sort of takes the thought process out of Jose Ortiz's mind. He knows who to follow. It's the horse directly inside. And if Amer- when American Pharaoh goes, Upstart's going to try to go with him. Uh, whether he can go with him is a different story, but boy, he's a pretty good horse in his own right. And materiality is the horse I think I'm going to be keying on. I'm going to try to break that curse of Apollo. Uh, <laughs> You're going and back to 1882. You know, you, it's a lot of history to go against, but looking back at some of the big names that have tried it, Verrazano, Bodie Meister, 
Curlin. These are some pretty big names and horses that came into the Derby with big reputations, and they were trying to break the Apollo jinx. All of them were coming up to the Derby off a progression in distance, uh, from a mile to a mile and a sixteenth to a mile and an eighth. I think what materiality has going for him is two races at a mile and an eighth. And I wonder if those two stamina-building efforts, especially the gut-busting effort in the Florida Derby, a race which basically turned into a match race and they were all in with three and a half furlongs to go, I wonder if those two nine-furlong races sort of mitigates the, the curse of Apollo. I think he might have enough foundation with those 18 furlongs in his last two races. I mean, boy, you're going to get a price on a horse who's undefeated. It's a Todd Pletcher. He's coming off a gigantic 110 buyer speed figure. I'd take a shot at him at something like 12 to 1. And, Dan, quite frankly, if this horse had made his first start 11 days before he did, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. Right. He's the third favorite, amazingly enough, because it's such a great year. He would still be the third favorite behind American Pharaoh and Dortmund, but he'd be maybe eight to one on the line. And, and I think the curse of Apollo really gets in people's heads. And maybe it is too much, the insight was coupled with all of that. But the two nine furlong races, I think that's part of Todd's plan. Todd wanted to have two races into the Derby. That's his strategy. But to give this horse two nine furlong races, especially a tight one last time out against Upstart, uh, and he ran very, very fast. He's now had time to recover. He's got that distance pedigree. Uh, Mike Welsh and all the clockers down at uh, at Churchill Downs are saying he's holding his form. So I'm going to give this horse a chance. I mean, I respect Dortmund and American Pharaoh. They look super on paper, and they look super on the racetrack. But from a gambling perspective, horses like Materiality, horses like Upstart, start horses like frosted those are three horses i can fool around with well I, again you know we, we've we've got the mystery horse uh and i was really shocked that um mike Battaglia made him as long as he did because he's been kind of a buzz horse and uh to have a morning line at 20 to 1 i think there's value on this horse uh if you saw the ua derby and i'm sure you have you saw where uh, Christophe uh, Somillon had him kind of covered up for at least three-quarters of the race, and when he finally found a gap to go through, he just tapped him once. This horse exploded. He looked like a winner every step of the way in the UAE Derby, and he's a horse I'm going to use underneath in my tries and supers. My main concern with Moop Tahij is he's been chasing – let's say that he was chasing quick paces in the UAE, and maybe that's a 48 half mile as fast in the UAE, and he's been pretty uh, close to that pace. If they throw down a 45 and a 46 on Mubtahish in the Derby, he could find himself in the unfamiliar role of being 12 or 13 lengths back with all that kickback and all these, uh, you know, just a scrum of horses vying for position, and it's just an unfamiliar spot for him to be in. I think he's very talented. I think he's just as impressive a UAE Derby winner as Toast of New York, who won last year, unfortunately didn't make it to the Derby, but proved his quality later in the year with his run in the Breeders' Cup Classic. But I'm just concerned that maybe he won't be able to keep up if this pace is fast, and he'll have to do a lot of running from off the pace. Sort of an unfamiliar situation for him. All right, well, we're talking with Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. You're going to get to see him live on DRF Live, both tomorrow and on Saturday. He's going to be a busy man. 
visited by many of the top handicappers uh, on the East Coast that for some reason weren't able to uh, be the chosen ones to go out to Louisville, but nonetheless, uh, great handicappers and conversationalists, uh, and I'm looking forward to enjoying that because I'm not going to be in Louisville all the time. Looks like I'm going to be able to maybe sneak down for a big race now and then, but I'll enjoy uh, listening to, to Dan and his guest over the next couple of days. So let's take a quick little break. We're going to come back. We're going to take a look at the Oaks, and when we have a chance, uh, we'll take a look at the couple of the undercard races. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And with me, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, we just uh, covered in depth the Kentucky Derby, which is probably a race this year we could talk about for uh, well over an hour, but we do have our time constraints. Right now, we're going to take a look at the, at the girls' version of the Derby, and uh, that would be the 141st running of the Kentucky Oaks. These horses will be going a mile and an eighth. And uh, I've had a chance to be down there uh, several days uh, over the past week and, and watch these horses train. And uh, ones that have impressed me uh, the, the most, and um, I mean, they all look good, but uh, Condo Commando looks very, very strong. And I'm a chatterbox uh, is just absolutely gorgeous. And let's face it, this uh, connection with the fairgrounds, uh, the Fairgrounds Kentucky Oaks winners, if you think about it, 2004 Shadow, 2005 Summerlee, uh, then our boy Larry Jones with Proud Spell, uh, the champion Rachel Alexandra, Larry Jones again with Believe You Can, and let's not forget the champion Untappable, all took that New Orleans to Louisville route, um, and it's undeniable. And on you know, uh, as much as Stellar Wind coming in from the West Coast is tabbed as the pre-race favorite, uh, I'm a chatterbox kind of guy. And that's where I'm landing as well. I'm a chatterbox. I love. Oh, you made me feel good. That's great. 
<laughs> I hope I'm not putting too much weight on you. But no, but really, the, the, I love the important thing that, that I noticed about this horse, not only as, as impressive as, as its wins have been on the front end and coming from off the pace, is the fact that horses that finally decided to get out of town, like uh, Angela Renee, I believe it was, went, went on to win a grade one. I was talking with Bob Fortas on the backstretch, and he said, you know, it, it's a shame that those fairgrounds races aren't uh, graded better. He's like, I'm a chatterbox, isn't even a grade one winner. And Angela Renee, who's 15 to 1 in this race, won a grade 1 after getting uh, beat by Ama Chatterbox. I love her versatility. Uh, as you said, she can win from on the lead, she can win from last, she can win from pace pressing fashion. And I think that could be the key to this race because we know Calcondo Commando wants to run. That's going right to the front. And perhaps, just perhaps, lovely Maria, the uncoupled stable mate of I'm a Chatterbox, she'll keep Condo Commando company and maybe take just enough of the starch out of Condo Commando to set things up for I'm a Chatterbox because I think. Ama Chatterbox will be sitting third or fourth in the clear on the backstretch with a clean run. I really do respect, though, the horse coming from Southern California, Stellar Wind. I wish I could be a little bit more clever, but those are the two horses I'm keying on. I'm a Chatterbox and Stellar Wind. If you're looking for a horse to spice up the exotics, one I'm going to look underneath is Shook Up for Steve Asmussen, and she's been chasing Ama Chatterbox in vain at the fairgrounds. She's got a beautiful pedigree, though. She's just been very, very green and hasn't put it together. But if you watch her races, you see she's slowly improving with each and every start. I think the natural ability is there. Uh, She's going to be a big price. She just has to put things together from a professionalism standpoint. It's not there yet, but she'll be a big price right now. uh, But I'm with you. I like Ama Chatterbox to win. I'm using her with Stellar Wind with pretty much equal weight in the multi-race wagers. I'm going to try to get shook up into the exotics underneath. Uh, by the way, I, I have to stand uh, corrected. It was lovely Maria that won the Ashland, but Angela Renee ran second in the she Ashland. Right there, yeah. Both of them coming out of the Rachel Alexandra, and of course uh, the Ashland, the Ashland being being a Grade One. And uh, yeah, you know, again, I'm kind of landing on uh, the, the same horses uh, you did, but I'd, I'd like to hear your shook up angle because right now, for our listeners, the morning line on that horse is thirty to one. So. Uh, but uh, Larry Jones has had such success, and to be honest with it, with all that he's been through over the last several years between the Eight Bells episode and the serious head injury he had, I was really surprised, Dan, when I was down there the other day, he was actually galloping both of his horses pre-race. And I thought he said he was just kind of going to kind of pony after his accident, but there he was. He was up on both of his Oaks contenders, and I was kind of surprised. He's absolutely amazing, just a true horseman in every sense of the word. And, you know, it's a tremendous advantage to be able to be on these horses uh, and and to get the feel of what they want to do and maybe what they need differently from a training standpoint. But he really is amazing, and his win percentage says it all. Absolutely. Well, listen, it looks like I got maybe about four minutes, so let's, let's sneak back. And uh, we'll go 
We'll go to the race that's uh, that's going to happen uh, just before the Oaks, and I just mentioned Eight Bells. This race is named after Eight Bells. It, it, it's a it's a seven furlong race. It's horses that decided not to tackle the Oaks, but still have a whole lot of talent. And of course, who shows up with two of the most solid contenders? But our man Bob Baffert, uh, callback, who has been ridden by Martin Garcia, had trouble in that last race in the Sunland Park Oaks. He decided to put blinkers on that horse, and I'm like, why did he take Garcia off? Well, he didn't take Garcia off. Garcia is sticking with. Uh, Enchanted Lady, who is a heck of a lot of talent herself. Uh, those two like look like two of the top to tangle, but uh, this is still a wide open race with uh, you know talented fillies like uh, Promise Me Silver can't get much better than seven for seven, and uh, the question mark behind Akati's Phaeton, who switches over to the Mott Barn after a dismal effort in the Gulfstream Park Oaks. I'm painting the picture. You point my pen in the right direction. There is so much speed in this race that you have to wonder if it'll work against Enchanting Lady. I thought Enchanting Lady was very good last time out at Santa Anita, albeit against weaker competition. I think she's a strong contender along with the other Baffert callback. Uh, I'm going to be using both of those in multiple race wagers. I guess my tepid pick would be Enchanting Lady, but... uh, I, I think there's a lot of speed. You've got Super Sax and Taylor S and Enchanting Lady and Akati's Fade On. It, it, it could set things up for a late runner. And if you're looking for one at a big price, how about Streetheart? Uh, the number 11, I believe she is. She's up against it perhaps from a speed figure standpoint and up against it perhaps from a class standpoint. But she's two for two at seven furlongs. She's one at Churchill Downs. Uh, while no match for Taylor S back in November, I liked her comeback race in the slop. Uh, Julian Lepreau will have her off the pace. Maybe at 15 to 1, you can sneak Streetheart into the number. But uh, I think these, this, this Baffert duo is going to be very, very tough. But it all, I think, comes down to pace. Yeah, and of course, over this weekend, he's also going to send out the uh, Breeders' Cup Classic winner, Bayern, who looks very fit and ready to roll. I've been watching him in the mornings, uh, so we'll see what happens there. Again, the undercards are fantastic. We'll take a quick look at uh, a grade one race, the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic that's going to come uh, just before the Kentucky Derby. A mile and an eighth on the grass, another uh, pretty full, evenly matched field uh, the horses that have been very consistent and can float to the top, uh, Jack Milton, uh, Finnegan's Wake, um, look like, look like two, two of the major contenders in here. And, of course, we can never overlook a kitten's joy on the greens word in Stephanie's Kitten. Yeah, the mare taking on the boys. That's a really uh, courageous move. She's very, very talented. She can certainly win. I'm a Jack Milton fan. I, I think last year Todd kind of made, uh, kind of rushed with him after he won the poker and they sent him out to Southern California in less than three weeks, a very unpletcher like move, and I think it messed up his whole campaign. He came back with a win last time out. I'm using him. I'm also going to use Chocolate Ride, a horse that's three for three since being gelded at the fairgrounds. And okay, he got an easy uh, trip on the lead last time out when Colport, for some reason, decided not to go. But Chocolate Ride can also rate, and he's going to be a price. Uh, I think he's coming into his own at the right time. He's going out for a shrewd barn. Uh, I'm going to play Chocolate Ride to win at a nice price, and I'm also going to use Jack Milton. All right, Jack Milton currently listed at 5-1, to one, and Chocolate Ride morning line of 12-1. to one. Uh, 
you know, Dan Elman's with us from the Daily Racing Forum. Again, that was the Woodford Reserve Turf Classic. It's the race that's going to take place just before uh, the Kentucky Derby. So hopefully maybe we gave you a shot at uh, at, at pulling down some, some daily doubles um, and, of course, uh, maybe some bigger bets, uh, extending them out in the exotics in the big races. The great thing is because of – um, the size of the pools and the number of drunks that are going to be firing at uh, horses uh, named after their grandmother. Uh, you, you, you can sneak a, sneak a good bet in there and not really get hurt on Derby and Oaks Day. No, it's, it's going to be a fantastic uh, Friday and Saturday of wagering. I'm really looking forward. If you're a racing fan, you have to be looking forward. It Not only is it a fantastic derby, the undercard chock full of racing superstars. I mean, you mentioned Bayern, uh, Judy the Beauties coming back to the races, Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint winner Stephanie's Kitten. Uh, just the, the, the list goes on and on and on. Well, the list of my uh, favorite people to have on winning ponies puts Dan Elman right in the top four of uh, as, as if we were handicapping the uh, Kentucky Derby. And, Dan, I thank you so much on this busy week for uh, taking the time out of your schedule. Again, if you you got to go to DRF Live. you got to tune in and watch this. It's just like you got a seat in the press box. And, Dan, your delivery is fantastic, and I just love your analysts of the races. I really appreciate that, John. Again, thanks so much for having me on. Best of luck this week to you and to everybody listening. Okay, again, Dan Elman from the Daily Racing Forum. I want to thank John Asher for taking time out of his busy day, too, because I know he is swamped. And I want to thank you all for listening. And I want to remind you that we do have a free handicapping contest. Go to winningponies.com. It's not going to cost you anything but your chance to win the top prize of 300 bucks or a whole lot of credits to get your Winning Ponies easy win form. So, overlooking a manicured turf course past the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky. I'm John Engelhart. Have a fantastic Oaks and Derby weekend. We'll be talking to you next week on Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.